but deceiveth his own heart. Wow, you can, if you don't bridle your tongue, it does damage to other people, but Jesus and through Paul emphasizes here, through James, if you, you'll deceive your own heart. Because if you're lying, the first person you're lying to is yourself. Then those that are around you that you're lying to. So, deceives his own. This man's religion is vain. It's empty. Useless. Right? That's what that word vain means. Now, there's another definition of the word vain. There was a lady who did a song several years ago called You're So Vain. You always think this song is about you. Well, that's not what this vein is talking about. This vein is talking about something that's empty and useless and, and has no, no value whatsoever. That's what he's talking about here. But pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Let's read that together. To visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And the emphasis is not on keeping yourself unspotted from the world. The first thing in that list is to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, not after their affliction, not before their affliction, in their affliction, while they're in the midst of their whatever it is they're going through. We're supposed that is it am I just the only one that sees that? We're supposed to be visiting them in their affliction. Well, there's one scripture in the Bible that that it says not to do this. Be warm. Be blessed. We'll pray for you. Hope you get a coat. Have a nice day. Something to that effect. I'm using my own words. But the Bible says, yeah, it does say that. Be warmed and be filled and, and all of that. You know, just standing back away from the situation and going, I'll pray for you that you'll be warm, that the heat will get turned back on. And I'll pray for you that somebody might give you a coat. And the next scripture after that, it says, no, no, no. Give them your coat. And if they need it, give them the one under that. (laughs) So visiting the widows in affliction, in their affliction, I'm just going to ask this question and move on. Are we doing that? You decide for yourself. Are we shunning the idea of doing that? And just kind of easing our conscience by dropping off a little gift or, you know, just we don't want to really get involved because that's our society says we don't really want to get involved today. What's that little sticker that everybody has on their motor homes that has to do with helping your neighbor or something? Got a picture of a little guy. I can't remember what it was. But the whole concept of that is, is when you're out on the road, you're supposed to stop and help people. Right? And I've heard in Alaska, if you don't stop and help somebody on, that's broke down on the highway, it's like breaking the law. Because you don't, you're not supposed to leave people out there hanging in the middle of winter in Alaska. So, but we're, we're supposed to help them in their affliction. So the last thing we want to do is bring reproach 
upon the name of our, of our blessed Savior, Jesus Christ, through our actions or through our words or maybe through our inaction. Right? So we're going to talk about number um, eight there a little bit and maybe number nine. James 1 and 25 says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. In James 1.25, the Amplified says, But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it, being not a heedless listener who forgets but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed and his doing his life of obedience. And uh, there's a translation that's called Weist Expanded Translation of the New Testament. And in James 1.25, in that translation it says, But he who with eagerness and concentration has poured over the perfect law, wow, the law of liberty, and has continued in it, not having been a hearer who forgets, but a doer who works, this person shall be prospered spiritually in his doing. Wow. So this looking into the perfect law of liberty, we, we don't want to just gloss over that. It means there's a lot of meaning there. And I'm not going to get real deep, but there's a lot going on there. So to me, it sounds like someone that, that maybe has a, a fascination with something. Right? Someone with very keen curiosity and a desire to know just specifics about a subject, not just to just kind of gloss over, but they're, they're, that something about it piques their interest and they want to know more, right? And so as a result of that, they become immersed in whatever that is, whether it be the Word of God or whatever it is. Here in La Crosse, we have a young man that's in middle school, some of you all probably know who I'm talking about. What's his name? Jonah. He's been on national news. He's been on local news. And this all started when he was in elementary school. And he was supposed to speak at something for the teachers this past week. And he couldn't be there because he was out in California doing some national news show. So he did a video. And this young man's in middle school, and he's already written a book. Now, what is this all about? Some of you all might not know who I'm talking about. Well, this young man, when he was in elementary school, he was just a handful. And he just, just you know, my grandmother used to tell my mom, because my mom had three boys right in a row, but she raised five boys, and she would tell my mom this, you got to keep boys busy. <laughs> and I remember hearing that as a kid going, Whatever. But she knew. My grandmother knew because she had five boys. She knew you got to keep boys busy because if you don't, why? They'll get in trouble. And so this boy just, just was bored or whatever. And so somebody made a donation to his mom because he was adopted. He's from another country. Where's he from? Ethiopia. So he was adopted. So so this, in this donation, there was some needles. Not hypodermic needles, but they were crocheting needles. 
And he's like, Mom, what are these? And she didn't know what it was. I don't know. Let's go on YouTube or let's go on Google and look it up. So they looked it up. Well, lo and behold, they were crocheting needles. And he's like, what, what are those for? So they found some beginner videos on YouTube on how to crochet. Well, he wanted to do it. So his mama went and got him some, some yarn and he started crocheting. And he started crocheting and he crocheted and he crocheted and he started making stuff. Lots of stuff. And just to make a long story short, he's making so much stuff that he, people out in other countries were putting orders into him requesting that he make stuff for them. So this kid, before he even got in middle school, was already running his own business. And at one point, his teacher in school was like, she found out about it, and she was he was bouncing off the walls in school, I guess. And she's like, whatever it is, bring it in with you. Just bring it. It'll keep you busy. Hallelujah. Right? But he was interested in that, and it it piqued his interest, and it made it made him do more than just go, oh, that's cool, oh, that's nice. And I know there's some stuff we could care less about. I mean, to the guy that's a plumber, everything about plumbing is just just interesting to him, you know. And he just wants to talk about it. I I got a family member that was a cable guy, and he, you'd get with in a family function, and all he wanted to talk about was cable. Cable business, and everybody else was like, yawn. But he loved what he did. Just couldn't get anybody else interested in it, right? And so what God is saying here to us is that we got to get interested in what this word says beyond just, just surface stuff. It's not good enough to just know enough to be saved and just say, well, that's good enough. Is it? Good enough? Must not be, because he says, He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and becomes not just a hearer or a reader, but a doer of the work, that man shall be blessed in his deed. How many don't want to be blessed? I'm not raising my hand because I don't want to be. I'm just trying to get you to raise your hand. I want to be blessed in the things that, not just anything I'm doing. That's not what this scripture is talking about. Blessed in his deed for who? In the, the weast it says, this person shall be prospered spiritually in his doing. It's spiritual. It's about the things of God. God is trying to tell the church through this, through this letter that it's important that you get fully immersed and fully involved in the kingdom, in what God is doing. Right? That's true. You don't have to agree with me if you don't want to, but it's true. And so I told you that story of that young man because I felt like it just recently, you know, this is just recent, but I felt like it fit. You know, he took something that was just so mundane. How many people in here would love to start crocheting tomorrow? Not, right? I don't see any hands going up. Some of you might already do it. But you gotta have, you gotta have a hunger and a love for that thing. You know, we all have our, our 
hobbies, if you want to call them that, things we like to do. Some people like to work on cars. Some people like to are into motorcycles. Some people love to play golf, and they know every little thing about golf, and they could just bore you to death with golf, right? And so, but we got, God is trying to emphasize to us here that we got to immerse ourselves in this. It's not, not saying that, that what I'm saying is not good enough or what Brother Parker's saying is not good enough, but it's not good enough. When my wife and I were brought up in this, we were challenged to go beyond what we heard on Sunday morning, Sunday night. Study it for yourself. Dig down for yourself. Dig deep. And we had one friend that just didn't believe what he was hearing. He didn't believe it. He just didn't believe that preacher. He said, you're just trying to, you know, you're trying to trick me into whatever, you know. And so the pastor, he said, well, fine, then you study it for yourself. And you, I want, I challenge you to go study it for yourself and prove me wrong. And you know what that guy did? He took him up on that challenge. And I bet you can guess what happened. What do you think happened? Uh, and that pastor do that. If you dig enough, if you dig down enough, if I let, if I challenge you to study it for yourself, you're going to find it even more so than I'm saying. And that's exactly what happened to that guy. He came back to that pastor and said, wow, you were right. <laughs> he said, no, it wasn't me that was right. It's him that's right. But what I was telling you was right. But you needed to see it for yourself. And so I... I mean, I guess I challenge all of you today, and you've heard this a hundred million times probably here. you got to get into this thing for yourself. And, yeah, it's going to take time. And you're going to have every excuse under the sun come along when you feel like you want to sit down and study this word and, you know, valid stuff. This needs to be done. The house cleaning needs to be done. The laundry needs to be done. But if you're really, really, really interested like the kid that's really interested in reading books, they're reading books in between doing loads of laundry and they're, you know, they're, they're trying to, they're making time to, to get into that book. I got a friend at work and he said he's got to take the books away from his son. Like, son, cause it's like kind of overkill on the other direction. All he wants to do is read books. He won't do his, his chores. He won't do his homework. He's always reading books that have nothing to do with anything. And he's like, son, that's great. You have that desire, and I want you to have that desire, but this needs to be done. And then you can go pick the book back up. And it just about kills that kid. And so we got to have that same desire. And if we don't, God, give me that desire. Give me that hunger, that 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 I, I hunger and I thirst. You know, when we came to this truth, we were hungering and thirsting. We were we were desperate. Some of us, we we didn't know where we were going to go. We we had to find the answer, and we were willing to do whatever. And then we get into this, and then we just kind of sit back and on our laurels, and we forget all about it. And we just come, every, you know, every service, and we expect somebody else to to impart what the Word of God says. And yeah, that might be my job or or the pastor's job, but you got a job too. You gotta figure it out for yourself. You gotta, 
seek this out for yourself. What does that scripture say about um, the scriptures and for in them you think you have eternal life? Search the scriptures. That's not pastors. Search the scriptures and teach it to your congregation so that they know what salvation is. It doesn't I don't find that anywhere. The the word of God before this man ever got a hold of the book was telling and it still is telling people, it's telling you, search the scriptures. You figure it out. You search the scriptures for yourself. I'm not saying that what I'm saying is wrong or what Brother Parker's saying is wrong, but study it for yourself. Do you know what revelation is? It's God revealing truth to you. And there's so much. That's why Paul had that thorn in the flesh. There was so much revelation, so many things that God was fixing to show him that he knew, God knew that it was going to just cause him to just think he was all that in a bag of chips and he was helping him stay humble. And there's so much revelation in this book that, that hasn't even been shown to us yet. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. He's not going to give all the revelation that's in this book just yet. But as he sees you hungering and thirsting and desiring, as he sees that you can handle the revelation, he's going to reveal things to you personally. Not something that you can go and start, I got a new revelation. It's just for you. But God's going to show you things that you never saw before. You might have read it. You might have seen the words. But it, there's a truth behind that that he never let you see before, and he'll let you see it. And because that pastor told my wife and I, you got to study this for yourself, that is why I went came to the conclusion i got to be baptized in Jesus' name. I can take you to the place. Physically, I can't take you there now. My quarters are gone. It's a hospital. But I was sitting in my quarters in my living room when it when the light came on and it was like ding i got to be baptized in jesus name it just the light came on and god did that because i diligently wanted to know i wanted to know not just for the sake of knowledge i wanted to know because i had to know <laughs> i just had to know do i need to be baptized in jesus name or not god i got to know I was desperate because this was a, a, a key point, a turning point in my life. So I had to know if this was real. Did you bring me all the way over here to the other side of the world to show me this? And he did. And so I don't know why I keep hammering on this one point, but, but we gotta, we gotta have a hunger. Right? We gotta know for ourselves. First Peter 2, 1 through 3 says, Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Desire. Boy, you could teach a whole month on the word desire, right? That you may grow thereby, if so be, if 
so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Once you get a taste, they say that people that do meth, once they get a taste of it, it's hard to turn it down. Right? That's what they say. It's like you get hooked. Or like the old, the old Lay's potato chip commercial. Nobody can eat just one. <laughs> Once you get that taste of that salty goodness of that chip in your mouth, you gotta have another and another and another. And the commercials show the guy eating a whole bag of potato chips. Cause nobody can eat just one. And you know that sold potato chips. Right? So that we need to use that same idea here that that desire the sincere milk of the word right there figuratively the sincere and sweet word of christ by which believers grow in grace and are nourished to life eternal it's like milk to a baby it's nourishment and you're not going to go wrong you're not going to miss out on anything you're not going to you're not going to waste your time if you delve into what this word says Right? Like Brother Parker always says, you know, you run across that scripture and you have to ask yourself, why did he say that? Like I was emphasizing this morning about that scripture that we read, that I keyed in on the word in. We read over that and we just kind of skim over that. We don't stop on that word and go, wait a minute. He said in, in their infirmities, not after their infirmities, not before their their troubles that they're going through but in them meaning while they're going through it we need to be there ministering to them so that we just kind of read right over that sometimes and we don't stop on that and park our car for you don't have to turn the engine off just put it in park and stop there for a minute and study that right second peter three eighteen says but grow in grace but grow If you're growing, I heard one book on leadership I was reading, and this guy quoted somebody else, a farmer or somebody, said, "If you're you're either green and growing or you're ripe and rotting, right? And that corn out there that's that's still green, pretty soon within the next 30 days is not going to be green anymore, is it? It's going to be brown because that's the natural progression. It reaches a point where it won't grow up anymore, and it, it's it's already put its corn husks out and so it's just going to turn brown and die because it's time for the corn to fall off and the next in the process start all over again right so we never stop growing in in but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ right grow 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 means continual process something's always happening you're always when you're growing like that little plant that's up there when we have our little Oh no, that's that last, oh that's the Wednesday night. Growing. The little plant and the next plant and the next plant. We need to be growing. Do we ever stop growing? Never. We, we never stop growing. We should never stop growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? To Him be glory both now and forever. It's for His glory. Philippians 3, 7 through 11. I'm not going to read all that, but it, it starts out in one place there. It says that I may know him. And that word know, we could do a whole Bible study on that word know. 
when a husband and wife get married and they go on their honeymoon, there's normally something that happens, right? And that's called knowing. That's what that word knowing is referring to. That's a an intimate relationship, right? Oh, I know God. I know Jesus. I know I know Brother Richard. I know Sister Linda. No, that's not what it's talking about. It's an intimate thing. It's an intimate relationship that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and not in. Because we, we like to read that as in, don't we? That I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his suffering. But it doesn't say that. It says and. That I may know him. First point. And the power of his resurrection. That I may know him and that I may know the power of his resurrection, and that I may know that I may know the fellowship of his sufferings. That I may know these three things being conformable unto his death. Right? You see what I'm saying? There's so much more there than just trying to get through your bread schedule. You gotta stop and park your car and read and dig down. What is it saying? And you don't have to go to the, you can go to the library if you want, or you can go to the Christian bookstore, which we don't have here, or you can go on, on Amazon and order one, but you don't even need to order a concordance. If you got internet connectivity, if you don't even have internet connectivity, if you go to the library, they got computers. Go in there and take one of their computers up for a couple of hours. You can go online and find a free online concordance. Free. And it's even easier than using the the book. So all you have to do is click find and just type in what you're looking for, and it'll find it for you. Right? So we, I mean, the tools that we have to do this are just innumerable. That's why I, you know, I know that we got to have our physical Bibles. But I love this. I got two different Bible, three different Bible apps on here. And in a couple of them, I got like, one of them's got like 400 books. All kinds of biblical study books. Another one's got, the one I use a lot is, I I mean, it's got all this stuff that I put, I I dig. I want to know, what did they really mean in the Greek? What if the scholars that translated the King James didn't exactly do it right? I want to dig down and find out if that's exactly what it really means. Because I want to know. I don't want to be satisfied and settle with, well, this, just because so-and-so said so. Anybody ever have a situation like that? Somebody told you something and you think, well, that don't sound right. I'm going to check that out for myself. That's what we have. Uh, people that are, that, that do the news and stuff. They're, they're, they're out digging and finding out what really happened in this situation, right? Reporters and used to, yes. <laughs> All right, there you go. We need to investigate. Thank you. We need to investigate. What does this word say? What is it saying to me? Brother Parker says that over and over. What's it saying to me? What is God? It's a personal relationship. So God, what? I know what you might be saying to Linda, but what are you saying to me? Because I'm not her and she's not me. My life is different. What is this saying to me? 
What do you? What revelation are you trying to show me, God? And tr- when you, I heard one preacher say, when you receive revelation and you study it out for yourself, it's not just revelation anymore. It becomes who you are, a part of who you are. You've you've made you've nailed that down in your life when you've studied that out and saw it clearly, right? There's nobody going to take that away from you. Nobody. I'm sorry, you came too late. God already showed me this. It's it's too late for you to try to take it away from me. That word to know means to come to know, to gain, to receive a, a knowledge of of. Uh, receive a knowledge of progressive, not a one-time event. It really gets back to the basic point of of what and how we believe. It's not a religious experience that we have, but a relationship. If you want religion, I could give you a whole list of churches in La Crosse and on Alaska that you can go to if you want religion. Okay? Just get the phone book out. There's there's tons of them if you just want religion, religious exercise, religious experience. That's not what we're here for. It's all about relationship. We don't belong to a religion. We belong to Jesus. It's a relationship with him. Does that make sense? Wow. I'm not even going to try to get into James 127. We'll just have to save that for next Sunday. But I, I don't, I, I guess maybe I don't know if I beat that hammer too hard today, but, but we gotta, we gotta dig into it for ourselves. And not picking on the young people, but young people, you got it. You got the, the clear and fresh Mind your 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 memory's not starting to go on you, and you're not starting to have these senior moments. But you now's the time for you to dig into this stuff and get this word in you, get it in you, get it in you. You know, we we go to these youth congresses and all these things, and we hear these young men get up and preach. But you, what you don't see is the life that they live outside of that. All the hours and hours of prayer and fasting and seeking the face of God. And what do I say to these people? How do I minister to these 37,000 young people? How do I, what do you want me to say, God, that will launch them into the, to another level? You don't just get that off the internet or out of a book. That comes from prayer and fasting and preparation and seeking the face of God. So you guys need to, to learn to do that now. So it becomes a part of who you are. Right? Then when you're out there and the pastor's not around, when you're out there, and you run into a situation where somebody's asking you a question, what does the Bible say? Be ready. Be ready. Be prepared to give an answer to every man. What? For the hope that's in you. What is that hope? That hope of, of going to be with Jesus, of salvation, of, of being delivered, you know, from alcohol or whatever. You don't even have to drink alcohol or do drugs to be delivered from it. Right? Did you know that? You can be delivered from ever having to do it. That's deliverance. <laughs> Hallelujah. You never knew what the, the taste of it was or the smell of it was. you just been delivered. God delivered you before you ever had a chance to try it. And so we gotta we got to put this stuff in us. Right? 
Praise God. Okay, we're going to take our break and come back in about 12 minutes. Amen. We're going to create an atmosphere.